Hello and welcome to Dorks on Sports, a podcast about four dorks talking about sports. My name is Daniel. Joining me as always is Curtis Eastwood. Curtis, how are you doing over there? I'm hanging in there. Yeah, are you? Yeah. <laughs> By a thread. By a thread. <laughs> I, we, we got, uh, uh, you know, we got some Canadians there in your background. We do. Well, they're helping out. They're helping yeah. Out. All right. Good. Uh, we got Millie. Millie, how's it going over there? Uh, it's going well. Thanks. Yeah. How's, uh, give us the, give us the fantasy update. <laughs> well, um, once again, you win some, you lose some, uh, my poor little Folger team just, just can't get it together. I mean, if you look at it, it's just a list of players who are out or questionable or um, <laughs> having bad seasons. I mean, it's yeah. so it's so bad. And my <laughs> opponent was actually, um, you know, limping along enough that I I had a real chance. But I really messed up last Thursday, and I meant to pull uh, Algier. Uh-huh. Who I knew uh-huh. wasn't going to do much. I meant to pull Algier and put in Brian Robinson. And uh, at like two minutes after the game started was when I got out of my car and was able to do it. And it was two minutes after the game started. Oh my God, that sucks. And it would have been the difference. So, you know, it's that thing you're just kicking yourself and kicking yourself and kick. Uh, who's is, who's your best player? On that team? Yeah. Well, it was Jay Marchese. Uh, <laughs> now it's Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is my best. Uh, Nick Chubb, he's he's he good. A, he's good for some fantasy points. Anymore. Yeah, no, yeah. he had a really bad week though. Um, and uh, I actually made a a big old in my mind trade, uh, today, and I traded away Jay Marchese, and I uh, I uh, picked back up uh, Rashad White, who I had drafted. And in this league, you can only do keepers if you drafted them. Mm-hmm. So since my season is just about impossible, I <laughs> traded JMR Chase for, uh, Rashad White and, um, what's his name? Uh, McKenzie in Buffalo. And, uh, so I I'm limping along. There's, there's still a very small chance. I'm not giving up, but I am setting myself up to keep Rashad White for next year um as a very it's good you're practice. just tanking it now you're just giving it up i'm not tanking it i'm not giving <laughs> up but i'm setting millie's looking up. for some high draft picks you know i'd be able to get rashad white as like a 10th rounder so come on yeah uh yeah. and i i won my other league uh roundly Kraken and just scored a nugget of the goal and nice. uh and uh won my guillotine league so Things are most which is like your guillotine league is like that's that's your that's your team this this season like that's this the one that's season, doing well especially after I went out like third last year um, yeah I'm feeling real good and tonight Derrick Henry I haven't even looked at how many points he got me but he threw a touchdown he ran in a touchdown what I know, you know? they they beat uh the Green Bay right I didn't watch the they game sure I was watching the crack game uh every time Aaron Rodgers loses uh I'm a happy man. It just it just feels right. It just feels right. It just feels good. Yeah, we got uh, we got Matt, our, our friend Matt Slinger, friend of the pod. Uh, Alana couldn't make it uh, today, and we brought Matt Slinger on. Uh, Matt Slinger had a had a Germany vacation. We're going to talk about that in a bit. How are you doing over there, Matt? Oof, I am extremely jet lagged. This is the latest I've been up 
this week <laughs> i've been <laughs> falling asleep like hard just hitting the bed hard by like 5 or 6 p.m and then waking up fully refreshed at midnight and lying in bed for five hours waiting for something else to happen um so it's yeah oh, hit me hard but you just happy you gotta, to be back you should just pull an all-nighter and then you know just reset uh, just, hard reboot yeah just just yeah. a hard reboot yeah <laughs> uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about your experiences there in germany in a bit um so the seahawks uh go to go to germany to play the tampa bay buccaneers and tom brady and uh in the first nfl game in germany um and they came up short uh started slow um tried to post a comeback and uh and and it just didn't happen um in my mind, the, the the story of that game was the fact that uh, Seahawks couldn't establish a run and the Seahawks couldn't stop the run. Um, and lo and behold, that's how we lost all the other games we've lost. Um, Curtis, is, is it concerning that we kind of took a step in regression like that? Or is this just like, a wash it's a fluky you know we go to germany uh it's a young team we're playing tom brady and uh you know let's just water off a duck's back go into the bye and we're going to come out strong what do you think i think it's somewhere in between a little bit i i think i think i think they regressed on defense for sure um and uh I spent a little bit of time talking about it on the blog, uh, sort of breaking down some defensive looks that they were throwing out. And it really looked like they were um, anticipating that Brady was just going to chuck it around a whole bunch. And which sort of started out that way. But that's not a bad game plan. I I mean, going into it, uh, you know, it would the the stat lines would be like Tom Brady chucking it. I'm not joking. Fifty two times. And then they would attempt like 13 runs. So going into that, that's not a bad game plan. You're going into it. It isn't it isn't in theory a bad game plan. But what was a bad decision, I think, on the coaches was that they. they abandoned a lot of what was working really well in that four game win stretch by going with a heavier defensive look up front and attacking the gaps. They had um, Brian Monet inactive in this game. um, And he has been, um, you know, a pretty consistent player and a cog for them in rotation with Al Woods at nose tackle. So they really, I felt like they kind of went away from you know more of the shift into the bare fronts and the 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 four three stuff and they were i think they were sort of getting back into more of the looks they were doing earlier in the season when they were hemorrhaging a lot of you know yards on the ground against like the saints and stuff like that when they were doing more three four type stuff and so i kind of feel like i mean credit todd bowles you know, defensive-minded coach sort of recognizing what Seattle was doing, uh, what Clint Hurt was doing with his front and going like, well, fuck it, we're not going to run we'll it. We'll just we're run it down the throat. We're just going to run it we're, until yeah. they stop getting at it. And so when they started to shift more into heavier stuff, that's when Brady started play actioning and just like chucking it all over the place. So it was sort of like a perfect storm. And 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 And, and I would say that, yeah, Seattle's run game you know statistically looked pretty bad but 
it was suddenly they were in a situation where they were playing from behind and they yeah. didn't really, you know, get the run. Like I felt like they just sort of had to kind of get away from the run game in the second half and get Gino going, which was actually kind of working for them. You know, I mean, it was they sort of made a run for it, but unfortunately the defense was just kind of, you know, beaten down. And, and I had heard something to the effect um, that like the turf, was you know caught him off guard and you know i think seattle's defense is really built on speed and we know the offense is built on speed and the players weren't really able to take advantage of that and you know tampa is kind of a bigger slower team mm-hmm. that plays on a natural turf sort of similar to that so i think i really kind of feel like you know tampa was able to just sort of drag seattle into the mud and force them to play a style you know they're not comfortable they weren't doesn't benefit them as successful to do so i'll just say that like i feel like in a way this was sort of a regression with maybe the coaching decisions of clint hurt on the defense and stuff but it's also kind of like maybe not the worst thing to have happen because now i think they can come out of the by understanding you know, what teams are going to likely try and do, which is probably mm-hmm. going to like, they're not going to throw at, you know, Tariq Woolen. They're going to try and run at these certain fronts. So it's up to Seattle to kind of change that and maybe get back yeah. to how they were playing against, you know, the Giants when, you know, we all thought the Giants were going to, you know, run it up and down the field and we were able to stop them because we got the heavier looks again. So just go back uh- to that. Go, honor it yeah, yeah yeah i mean you know leonard fournette has a look like leonard fournette but don't make him look like 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 yeah, stop it yeah. you know yeah that said there were some really fun things going on on defense Tariq wallen got his fifth interception uh which breaks the the seahawks rookie record for most interception season and i think he's number two overall in the league that's really exciting um uh middle linebacker picked off Brady for uh Brady's second in the season uh also uh really really kind of fun um you know for the offense it, it started off slow but they really found their ground i think this was another game where you can you know make a case for Geno Smith as MVP um he 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 started out really slow you know his stats weren't great in the first half but he ended it with you know 300 yards and a couple touchdowns and i mean those are you know 70% completion rate i mean that's that those are great great numbers that Ken was Walker- an incredible that was an i'll just add the one other thing is that was an incredible like fourth and one touchdown throw mm. to uh Marquis good one like that was that was an amazing throw and catch yeah. play. I loved that, and I and I loved the the emotion uh, from that moment. I mean, yeah. Marquis Goodwin just kind of like let out all of the stress and frustration of that game, like just right there in the end zone after that catch. But what did you see, Millie? What what are some things that the Seahawks can build on from this game, uh, and what are the things that um, you know makes you encouraged uh, going forward? Did I see? I saw um, Tyler Lockett catch a touchdown and yeah. move into second all time. Second over, yeah, for receivers. Yeah, he passed for receivers. Yes, receiving touchdowns for uh, um, for the Seahawks. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, and you know, I'm just always happy when he gets a touchdown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
And I mean, I think I think I saw the same thing as far as the defense goes. It was it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch us um, not be prepared for a possible run game. I was worried a little bit about Fournette, and I can't remember if I actually mentioned it that you know after saying he can't carry the whole team at the beginning of the season, he was very upset in the last game and had to be consoled because he said mm. he wasn't getting enough playtime. And the last time that happened for him a couple seasons ago, his next game, he, he went crazy. So there was a little bit of a, a bad feeling there. They, uh, you know, they beat us. They beat yeah. us. And for all the prep that we did to feel comfortable when we got there, hearing things like the turf is an issue when you knew you were going to be playing on a soccer pitch, doesn't like, why weren't we prepared for that? I um, totally. I know but that feels like coaching like that was yeah so uh, you know I it, it's unfortunate the spark and the super fun stuff that we have been seeing was um there was a tenseness that hasn't been there because they were definitely um back on their heels I think um you know if, if there was another quarter to this game who knows what would have happened but there was well, that's that's the <laughs> thing that's kind of encouraging to me is that it was a game all the way up until the end right it there was it, it's not like the seahawks were out of it I, I mean really all they needed was a last stop and give geno smith a chance to be a hero and do a two-minute drive and win this game um i mean at any time in that game if there was just like one more defensive stop right or maybe if Gino doesn't fumble uh, in the in in the red zone, uh, but uh, you know that took points off the board. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That well, and, and yeah. in a one score game, you know that's yeah. that's a big deal. Uh, but we were in it. We were in it up to the and and Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a talented team that's underperforming. But you know this is a team that still has a shot at the season. Like I don't count this team out. This is you know this is a good team. And every oh, time box. you try to say Tom Brady's done, he just comes in, in and does like a fuck you tour for a month. You know, so like we got yeah. we got to stop that too. <laughs> I've been saying that for months. I've been saying that for months. People, people, people. I feel like for like the last ten years, people have been saying. I mean, the people that hate Brady, at, which is almost like most people now, <laughs> yeah. want to say that like you know, oh, he's done. He's cooked. He's that. And I'm like, no, no, no. no. He's, he's like, he's like the freaking. He's like the freaking mountain from like Game of Thrones. Like, you yeah, just yeah, never exactly. Dude, just yeah, <laughs> never count him out. You know, I know, or like Jason or Michael Myers or some shit like that. You know, unfortunately, though, I thought that uh, our defense was really going to be able to get after Brady, and that did not transpire. Uh, we could not get a pass rush going. At no, all. I mean, my prediction included like sacks on sacks on sacks, and we nope. That did not happen. I know, at all. I know, I because just, that wasn't that, happening. That, that, I was very I, early on in this game. I was like, oh. That's exactly how I went. I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. I think oh, that fed it, that fed into the turf issues too, because, you know, Seattle's Seattle, like Seattle doesn't have a bunch of power rushers. They're all speed guys that come off, that mm -hmm. come flying off the edge or, you know, quick guys up the middle. Like it's just that you can't get your footing and your traction, you know, you're not going to be able to explode. And like, you know, you want to. And so, yeah, I can. 
I can tell you for sure we got there early, 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 early enough to watch a bunch of stuff, people coming out, just just warming up, just going through the motions. We saw people slipping and tripping, people trying to like carve a really tight turn and losing their footing early on in the game. Um, but and that's true for both teams. But but yeah, Curtis, right. you make a great point about Tampa Bay just being kind of heavier and slower to begin with and our our team relying on that speed and those precision cuts getting around the corner. And that, that wasn't going to happen on that field. Well, you were there at that game, Matt. So uh, what did you see? How was that experience? The, the, I mean, the stadium was rocking from the first kickoff until the last second. Like it was a soccer game. Like that crowd did not shut up. Uh, And that's, that's really cool. Um, it was, how was it? Were there a lot of, were there a lot of 12s? Uh, what was going on? Yeah, it was an incredible, incredible experience. First of all, I'm lucky enough to have an awesome girlfriend who thinks these things sound really fun. She, you know, she's (laughs) probably a bigger Seahawks fan than I am. She's the one who suggested London in 2018. And as soon as we found out that NFL team is going to Germany. She, we were both like, oh, let it be the Hawks. Please let it be the Hawks. <laughs> because when we were in London in 2018, we met a bunch of German Hawks fans. And I, and I didn't understand it then. Um, and then they said, yep, it's going to be the Hawks in Munich. We said, yep, we're definitely going. Had the whole trip planned, but didn't have tickets yet because those tickets sold out in under two minutes. Uh, everything you're just talking went up about on the at resale. the stadium tickets yeah that's yeah nuts. yeah for munich yeah mm-hmm. yeah the tickets for, for the munich game the alliance stadium sold out in under two minutes and then went on the resale market and they were so overpriced um and i gotta give a quick shout out to my co-workers too because i everybody knew i was going on vacation they knew we were going for the game everybody thought it was crazy the the most common question i get from from everyone like casual fans to to real fans is why are they playing a game in germany and the answer is because it works it works there are hundreds of thousands of hardcore nfl fans over there not just expats you know uh europeans who are into it um so my coworkers find out that we're that we didn't have tickets to the game yet and they pulled a surprise on me like two days before i'm leaving for vacation they all they basically you know passed the hat and a whole bunch of my team people i've known for years and people i've never even met bought us tickets to that game okay where do you Uh, work matt and are there any open (laughs) positions (laughs) twilio (laughs) twilio and uh oh they just sent out an email about a hiring freeze but i I feel like we could squeeze you in listen just get i'll drop my resume just get me in there (laughs) Uh, I, I was absolutely floored, like, because a lot of these folks I haven't seen in three years because of the pandemic. Uh, anyway, incredible seats, 50 yard line, seven rows back. It was like me and a Gatorade cooler and then Pete Carroll. Um <laughs> Anyway, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Yeah, Munich Munich was rocking. The, the fans there are crazy. Um, there's a hardcore German uh, uh, fan base there, but but all over Europe. I mean, you're seeing people wearing the Hawks jerseys, speaking French, speaking Italian, uh, speaking with British accents. Um, they know the game. They love the game. Uh, they, they were definitely just curiosity, you know, like onlookers too, but you had to pay a lot to get in the door. So you had to be pretty curious, but the, the folks we ended up sitting next to um, at the, at the game, 
were very casual fans. They, they didn't know a lot about either team. He did have a Seahawks hat, which I appreciated. Um, but they were, re they really just kind of wanted to see what all the fuss was about. But, uh, you know, as compared to some of the folks behind me who were calling out defensive formations and calling out plays and, you know, like yes. they, they, they know, they know their stuff. It's not just like, uh, uh, you know, the, me going to a soccer match, frankly, uh, they actually, <laughs> right. they actually know what they're looking at. Um, yeah. So the, 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 the stadium was full. They had screens set up outside the stadium for all the overflow, the bars back in town in Munich were people were lining up at, you know, hours before that game time wild. to get into the bar to, to be able to watch the game later. And it was like a soccer match slash karaoke bar because um yeah. every time it just <laughs> it was the craziest thing you know every now and then be, on a little commercial break or whatever they'd just start playing a song and seventy thousand people would sing in perfect unison to john denver or john bon jovi or yeah just like it was like I, i'm just looking around like you guys know all the words to all of these songs <laughs> this is incredible um and then yeah, the, uh, then the game happened. Uh, not a great game. I, I fully agree with, with you that if we'd had one more quarter, we would have pulled it off. Um, uh, turf, the turf was a factor and, and jet lag. Um, I mean, it's obviously it's rough on both teams, but a three-hour difference is a three-hour difference, you know? Yeah. Tampa Bay starting a game at 9.30 a.m. their body clock time versus us 6.30 a.m. body clock time. You you could tell. I, I don't want to say like to me, it looked like everybody was was given their all. I didn't see sleepy people on the sidelines or anything. Right. But they 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 weren't a hundred percent sharp. And and the NFL is so tight. There's so much parity. You have to be a hundred percent on every Sunday. Well, and and that's the thing. Like I, I'm not making excuses or anything like that. But um, the Seahawks do have a very very young team, right? Very mm -hmm. inexperienced team. A team you know many players haven't even been through it a full season. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are are a veteran team. Like they've yeah. got some people who've been here forever. Um, you know, you got Tom Brady, who's been, you know, half the time he's been in the league, he's been to the Super Bowl. He's seen it all. He's done it all. And nothing's going to phase him. You know what I mean? And he's played many international games, too. Which and is he's played the international games. That's that's I mean, even Pete Carroll was saying this is kind of like this has got a playoff atmosphere just because of the hype involved in it. Um, so in that respect, I actually think like that's that's a cool experience for a young team because hey, if we get into the playoffs, they've they've yeah. they've they've seen something like that, you know what I mean? Good practice. Yeah. Good yeah. little good was, practice. Yeah, that was my biggest thing is that this is this is this is why I wasn't overly upset with the loss, is that like, you know, having planned a game like this before a bye week which is going to give Perfect. the coaches time to self-scout and, you know, adjust, you know, whatever they feel needs to be adjusted and, you know, maybe, you know, make a few switches with personnel or whatever they do. I mean, the, the, the Carol's teams always just kind of do this coming out of buys yeah. as they, um, they tweak. And so I'm almost kind of glad that they lost because I feel like, while there's a bunch of games around the corner that all feel very winnable, 
they're also like teams that are going to be playing for self-respect you know <laughs> yeah like they're gonna be well and, and you know and, we got the rams coming up and we have the 49ers coming up i mean yeah. you know we have and the, the rams Chiefs look terrible up. right now too you know and it's just, if there's a year for seattle to sweep the rams i think this might be the one but the rams are a scary team still you know even without and there's the seattle's kryptonite yeah 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 i mean even when the rams were bad they were always good to take one to the hawks mm-hmm. um hey, well Matt, uh, i have a question for you um yeah. How large were those beers? <laughs> they, they, this was like the, the minimum, this is child sized right here. <laughs> yeah, they really were, they were giving out just giant steins of beer. Um, but I, you know, I'm not the world's biggest beer guy, so I'm probably not the best judge, but I would just say the reports of, you know, German beer being the best in the world might be a little overstated. I, I had some pretty average beer while I was there. <laughs> I was just amazed all these people with these giant styles just singing along sweet Caroline was, I mean it was just something to behold it was so <laughs> fun and and when it's, the stadium's out in the middle of nowhere it's not you can't like it's not like Pioneer Square where you can trickle out and and maybe find a bar or something to eat afterwards it's uh, it's just it's a junction of two highways and, and it's half an hour back to town so uh we were starving anyway Sorry, my point is that uh, that uh, the the game ends. You know, the clock runs down, and the teams come out and hug. And will uh, will will Disley exchange jerseys with a giant on the Bucks who I didn't recognize? Um, anyway, I, I part of me, you know, every sporting event I've ever been, I've ever been to, people are like making their way towards the door, like as the final seconds are clicking, trying to beat the traffic. Um, I look around and it doesn't look like a soul has left their seat. Everyone's still on their feet, just kind of looking around, like taking it in, enjoying themselves. Nobody has moved. And so, and they're setting up for like some on-field interviews afterwards. So they cue up the music and people start singing again. And it just, it's turned into like this. I don't know how long they went. Cause we eventually did have to leave. We had a long way to get back to town. Um, but when, when I left, the stadium was still a 70,000-person international karaoke event. They just kept playing songs, and people kept <laughs> singing them in perfect unison. Yeah, like on the, a, uh, the whole thing. On the broadcast here, you know, they, they are they were set up on the field, and they're talking, and they just kept commenting on the fact that, just so you all at home understand, they're all still here. Like, they just kept <laughs> mentioning the fact that everyone was still here and singing and having such a great time. And you could really feel that energy. You could feel it through the broadcasters, yeah. you know, that this was a fun event, regardless of I who you were waiting that. for. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Um, well, the Hawks got a bye week and, uh, and then they get to play a game at home. I, I think most of our games now are going to be at home. Um, they are. That's, that's great. Got a favorable month around the corner. Yeah, we do. Uh, and you know, at six and four, man, uh, you know, set up really, really well to go into the playoffs. Um, Las Vegas Raiders are coming to town. The Raiders are not a good team this season. I think they're two and whatever, two and five, two and what are I don't know. Two and yeah, six. they're in. They're they're behind Denver. Two and, and they're two and six or two and seven. Um, they've only won two games. That's all I know. And uh, and they don't look good. They do not look good. Um, 
I have been thinking about this game. It's at home. Um, Derek Carr is no slouch, and you know they have Devontae Adams, uh, but that defense is terrible. That defense is the worst defense in the league. That defense only has 10 sacks for the entire season. They, that, uh... is, that is terrible. I think this game is going to be a, a blowout. I think it's just going to be a giant blowout. Uh, I am going to say this game is going to be 37-13. Nice. 37-13. Yeah. 37-13. I think uh I think this this team is gonna get after uh Derek Carr and I think Geno Smith is gonna be doing whatever the fuck he wants with this defense. Gino, I will I will say this about the the uh, the Bucks game too. Gino Gino was fired up. Gino was uh he it, what Curtis alluded to on the on the last podcast, like this this was he wanted to win this game badly. It was personal to him. So I think he's going to, he is going to have a bounce back game. Um, I don't know anything about the Raiders, but since I'm already talking, I will just go ahead. The only thing I know about the Raiders is that, is that Patrick Alcorn loves them. And so for that reason alone, sorry, Patrick, I'm just, I'm going to go 35, 23. 23 i don't even know how you get to 23 but it's gonna happen no, you, you can i actually was thinking about uh going that high because i was thinking like well they might let up and but i don't think so i think they're i think this game is going to go a lot like that chargers game um and they're just not going to be able to do anything um yeah curtis what do you think if funny team with the way they lose they uh um they hemorrhage a bunch of points, but that offense figures out ways to score points. Uh, I guess, except for that. Terrible except for against the Saints. Against the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but they've sort of been averaging, like, you know, um, just kind of looking at this real quickly here. Around. You know, they're 20, usually getting, they're usually points. getting about 20 to 23 to 24 points. So I'm going to say Seattle. 31 Raiders 20 maybe that there'll be some the I mean they've got they've got Devontae Adams they've got Derek Carr who's fine as a quarterback he's doing okay um, I mean he's playing you know well. and they've got and I think that yeah I don't know there's just something I, I feel like they they probably got a lot to play for him in terms of self-respect and everything like that like they just I, I just feel like sometimes those losing teams in December can be a Kraken little... just won an overtime what's that Kraken nice. won an overtime yeah. yeah so I'll just uh I'll just say that uh well you know fuck it I can't say that because I just feel like I feel like Seattle probably learned their lesson a lot on defense having gone against Brady and shit I'm gonna say Seattle 31 Vegas 17. That's gonna be my score. Dropping nice. it down. All right. Knocking it down three points. Okay. Um, I just read a uh was checking on on how what kind of points they've been scoring and uh looked at their little news page and the headline of um the mile high report, which I think is pretty similar to like the seagulls mm -hmm. website, right? Um 
labeled their upcoming game as the Depression Bowl, the Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> at Denver Broncos. <laughs> yeah, that feels so, right. You know, let's not forget they've got another game to screw up. Um, they might even <laughs> win that one. I mean, they're playing the Broncos. They, they, um, they beat them once. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I do think that we take this game. I think the Raiders are are bad and they're banged up. Um, they're poorly coached. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, just like I think we all feel with with quarterbacks too. You know, you got to give you got to give people a little time, but that doesn't mean that you're going to see um, amazing things right away. So yeah. right now they're poorly coached um so i i think they're they're bad um but i will take the fact that they they find a way to score as you said in their games so i'm gonna go hmm. oh I, I i wrote this down backwards i'll have to fix your all's uh, projections it's like damn 37 13 uh, no. um, <laughs> that's the wrong way okay i'm gonna go higher than everyone else i'm gonna go 22 raiders uh hawks it's great 33 Nice. Well, I'll fix everyone else's. I like. Yeah, it. I just feel like Seattle's probably going to score a lot of points at home on that Raider defense. Yeah, and I think uh, I, the, that team is—it's a proud team, and I think they just want to come back and, you know, show what they can do. Um, yeah. Uh, real, real, real quick before before we move entirely on from the Munich game, um, Curtis uh, has had a challenging week or so uh, those of you who know and love him know know what i'm talking about um so i did bring back a very special souvenir for him from oh. the munich game what is this uh you can really a new, a new truck really really oh, i wish i wish it was a new <laughs> truck buddy i'm sorry but in the absence of Hybrid that F1 the greatest uh, oh. the greatest swag of all uh, time for those of you listening to the pod and uh and you can't is, see this on youtube it is uh it's a seahawks later hosen oh shit i'm Seahawks later so, like baby. uh this is uh my, i feel like my life has gone full circle now <laughs> <laughs> what's well, to get a picture seahawks. of you as a child in a later hosen and then the seahawks <laughs> <laughs> That's uh well that's thank fantastic. you. I appreciate that. That I, is I, I, fantastic. I will definitely wear it around the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh I'm not gonna lie to you, I did try them on. I mean I had to, uh, but I didn't go commando and another man's later hose, but uh I just had to put it on and I was just like, I don't understand what do I what else do I wear with this? Like it just it doesn't go with anything else I have, and I know I'm not supposed to be naked in it. So what do people what else do people wear with these? <laughs> That's I think right? Yeah, I went up yeah. to the uh, yeah. I went up to the the NFL pro shop thing there at the in in Munich, and uh, you know they had the usual scarves and hats and some jerseys, combo jerseys and stuff, and everything was you know pretty overpriced. And I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, I mean, I don't really 
Well, that'd be no, no, I don't really need anything. And and on my way past the booth, the very last thing was hanging like on the side of the booth. So it was the last thing everyone saw as they were going by. I was like, are those later, Hosen? <laughs> you should have those out front. Are you kidding me? Everyone here wants that. Those should be hanging oh, on the absolutely. front of the booth. Give me oh, two of those wow. right now. <laughs> I am going to request that uh, the Seahawks Pro Shop uh, over here uh, get some later hosing in. I need some of that. They should have they should have later hosing with like the player numbers on them. You know? Yeah. Um, right uh, that's great. Um, moving on. Uh, got some Mariners news. Uh, number one, Julio Rodriguez. Gets AL Rookie of the Year. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody, but uh, that's still really, really cool, and it couldn't have happened to a better player. Um, Scott Service came short on Manager of the Year, but just to be in that conversation is pretty dang good. And uh, and when the Mariners go all the way next season, that's when he can win it. Um, that team is already making some moves. Uh, just traded for, um, Tasker, uh, Hernandez with the, from the blue Jays, uh, who was a big time bomber, uh, to add to the outfield. Um, you know, he's, his, uh, his batting average is, is pretty good. Uh, but his exit velocity is why they brought him in. Um, he could just like, when he hits it, um, it, it goes for miles. Um, and he hits these really strong, nice line drives. Um, he's exactly the kind of middle of the line up bat that that team needs. Um, and I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, Hernandez won the silver slugger in 2021. He had a down year for him last year, but by no means was it a bad year. Um, it was still a good year. Um, so the Mariners continue to add to that outfield. I don't know what, I, I mean, obviously Winker is going to be gone, uh, but man, they're going to have to figure something out because that outfield is stacked. Uh, and I think they might even add a little bit more. Um, and then, uh, Kyle Lewis, uh, was just traded, um, and, uh, I can't even Cooper, some no-name player, um, it was just like a straight up one-on-one trade. Uh, not terribly surprising. Kyle Lewis is, um, you know, one rookie of the year a few years ago, but um, has underperformed since then, has been hurt a lot and is just kind of the player who needs a change of scenery. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Jerry DePoto is, he's, he's going to be making some moves. Um, you know, they've still got, Marco on the block, Flexen on the block, Winker on the block. Um, yeah, I, you know, you might even see Kellenic on the block. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I don't think. Well, they're I don't done know with now. Kellenic, this, but... You're gonna kind of try, try and hang on to Kellenic and see if you know. If, if, I, I mean, if personally, I think so. I, I don't think Kellenic is a bust. I, you know, yeah. he's still super young and he's shown so much promise, um, especially as a defensive player, and. He, when he's in the minor leagues, he can hit like he's a really, really good player who just has to figure it out in the major leagues. And when he does, he's going to be real good. Um, but I see him. I, I think like second base is probably an upgrade that they're going to be looking at, but they're definitely going to be looking for another bat. Um, uh, but yeah, Mariners 
Go M's. I'm really excited about this team. Uh, I, this is, you know, you always know you want to trade, by the way, when the other team's fans are freaking out on social media. So, and the Blue Jays fans were losing their goddamn mind. Um, so that was, that was good. Yeah. I would just like to say Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. Oh, talk about a win. fans were flipping out when that trade happened. <laughs> there were, but there were also a lot of fans who were, you know. Uh, uh, there was some, yeah, there was some, there was some people that, that were happy to see that happen. <laughs> Seattle perspective for sure. But yeah. I don't know if you saw, but Russell Wilson and his presser today came out just with it to his presser with his, uh, with it, with his wrist. Uh, uh, yeah. I saw, his, I saw this somebody on Twitter. Yeah. Like, come on, Russ. About it and yeah. stuff. But I watched, I watched not to detract too much. I watched his press conference just because sometimes I just got to smell that old milk <laughs> container and the... <laughs> and I, I i watched it after the loss on sunday uh and um against whoever they played i don't was it like tennessee or something but it was like i just, i'm honestly starting to sort of feel sorry for the dude but yeah i, I know I need that team to lose out for that draft pick. I mean, there's this Jalen Carter defensive tackle guy from Georgia right now that I'm just freaking salivating for. And I know he's not getting Christmas, out baby. Of the top five of that draft next year. And I just want him in Seattle. So please, Russ, just continue to suck terribly. This year. If the season ended today, it would be a it would be a number seven draft pick. Uh, yeah, so I need just, I need a top three. I'm I sorry. know. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just get into that top five. You Come can on, suck harder. We believe in you. Yeah. So we're all rooting for the Raiders on Sunday. I, I got to. I, you know. I <laughs> yeah, to. Oh yeah. I, it's a weird, horrible sort of feeling to. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. You know, but yeah, I um, yeah, I've completely destroyed our mariner discussion talking about Russell <laughs> well i'm just happy to see that julio uh got what he deserved i agree yeah you know oh, all, all really i would exciting. like to say about julio as a very very casual mariners fan is that um you know it's an energy having only gone to a few games this this year at one of them, I was out in center field, very close to him, and it, it just has a whole different energy. And yeah. and it, to me, it reminded me of Joey Cora um, and Ken mm -hmm. Griffey Jr., where mm -hmm. it's like that that you just a casual fan looking around. I keep getting drawn back to this guy. This yeah. guy's having the time of his life. Yeah. This guy yeah. is is a kid in a candy store, and and his energy is infectious. And whenever he can, he's turning around and interacting with the fans, and then going back to his job. And it's it 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 changes the game for casual fans like me. It's like, well, now I just want this guy to win everything. This guy's it, fantastic. It does. I mean, he is, I, 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 he's the new King of Seattle sports, right? I mean, he's the new superstar. That's what a superstar does. They just take over. They have that charisma, um, you know, that just draws you to them. Uh, you know, Sue Bird, I, I thought had the same thing with the storm. You just couldn't help but see her on the court. She was just such a great ambassador of the team and of the city um, and embraced the spotlight um, like Julio does. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, 
it's really exciting and and especially for the city of seattle um to have a superstar of of that caliber um yeah and i think seattle is uh they've got an embarrassment of riches right now with super talented young players um maddie Beneers on the kraken uh who is you know kind of blown up in his rookie season and um all the young players on the Seahawks, Ken Walker and Tariq Wollin, who's starting to, uh, his personality is starting to show. He's starting to chirp out there, uh, which I like. Uh, he was John at like Julio Jones and stuff like that uh, in Tampa and like pointing at people. And uh, there was one where um, uh, when he lined up with Tom Brady, when he got that interception on Tom Brady, he lined up and he was like, man he was like like doing one of those like when tom brady was lined up on the sideline he was like man like you're nothing man and uh i love that i mean i love that stuff so um yeah really fun stuff um uh also we got uh we got uh the xfl team starting up the seattle sea dragons millie you are you're a sea dragons fan I am indeed a Sea Dragons fan. I have to get used to a saying season ticket holder. I have to get used to saying Seattle Sea Dragons. It's a little um, redundant. Um, I'm still not entirely sure. I think they had to. I don't know if they had to change the name a little bit from um, the previous iteration for uh, for our 12s of listeners who are not huge XFL fans. Um, <laughs> there is this thing called the XFL. Um, <laughs> that has just started up for the third time. Um, and uh, Seattle once again does have a team. We had a team back in 2020 when it was restarted last uh, called the Seattle Dragons. Um, and my, uh, my husband and I got season tickets and for the few home games that happened before everything was shut down for COVID, uh, we got to go to those games and had just a fantastic time. The XFL is a little different than the NFL. Um, the, the rules are just uh, a little more fun. You get to do some stuff <laughs> that you don't get to do in the NFL. Um, but um, it's not, was it the XFL that pre- where it was like super violent? Like it's not that. Um it's it's real football with a few tweaks and um it's also i'm going to say straight up it is the cheapest way to see a really great football game um in especially here in seattle uh we're over in section 133 row p if anybody wants to join the hubs and i for some games um, you know, season, the season is, uh, 10 games. So it's five home games and it's at Lumen field and, um, you can get tickets for 20 bucks. Yeah. So, you know, especially if you want to take your family, like your whole family to go to a big sporting event, that's a football game. Um, I think the XFL is a great option. It will also just, my one pet peeve is the logo that they've chosen, uh, they pretty much took the dragons logo from 2020 and they made them the sea dragons, which basically looks like a seahorse spewing fire, um, <laughs> which of course makes it an S 
<laughs> and I figured out like that's the only reason they made it that seahorse shape because if you look at the logos of the other teams, they're so badass. Like they're really cool. I urge you to look them up, but they all create a letter. So I, I think that's why they made it a seahorse. It's a at little- that point, uh, just make it a trogdor. Do you don't try right? You from, can actually just Star draw, Runner. just draw the beefy arm. Yeah, yeah, that's going around <laughs> right now. There's a lot of that. This, uh, for yeah. those of you watching, this is the original logo from 2020. It was cool. It was that cool. is that one's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now um, it's a little more seahorsey. I'm uh, I'm seeing just I'm, I'm such an NFL dork. I'm seeing like a lot of recognizable NFL names on the. Well, that's, well, so what I was gonna, that's what I haven't brought up to you all is that you know the coach is Hazlitt, uh, who you know Jim Hazlitt, who used to Jim coach Hazlitt. the Saints, right? Right, used to coach Saints, uh, and Jim Zorn is the offensive coordinator. Wow. Oh. Yeah, and then um, the way they draft is really interesting. So the first thing they do is they get their quarterbacks in like a pre-draft before the actual draft happens. Interesting. And the two quarterbacks we took are both um, NFL experienced quarterbacks. I'm not that familiar with them, but um, you know their ben names. Trying to look at Danucci, who was on the Cowboys, and. Yeah. Uh, Montez, Stephen Montez, who played uh, for Colorado. Oh yeah, he was a big. I mean, he was thought to have been like somebody who was potentially going to be a high round pick. Yeah. who never materialized. He, he was on the Washington Football Team in 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are is is there any kind of deal? Is the NFL using the XFL as like a developmental league? Uh, there's a window for that. You know, I, I well, here, here's the thing is I think the last go around, they tried to say that they weren't going to be a developmental league. But um, the problem with that is, I mean, players, the, the guy who we're going to see in a few weeks playing for uh, Carolina, PJ Walker, was um, a we saw, was, we saw him play was, here. Yeah, he was like a star in the XFL the last time around and he got mm-hmm. a kick. So, I think this time around they're making it more like, yeah, like, you know, there's, there's opportunities, like they will let them out of their contracts to go, you know, make real money, make. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got to say, I think they just season tickets went on sale today. Um, It's five games. It's a lot of fun. And uh, it's a, is it a keep spring? It here, we got to support it. So I, I urge you to at least catch a game if you uh, even enjoy football a little bit. Yeah. And is it a spring summer league? Is that what it is? Oh, it, oh, it's a freezing cold league. It uh, nice. It's uh, like February, March, April. Oh, <laughs> yikes! <laughs> bring bring your parkas and rain jackets and umbrellas. Yeah, yep. well, that's fun though. I mean, I love uh, I love football and inclement weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come see a game. Well, that's us. that's real fun. Um, yeah, that's nice. Uh, just touch on the Kraken a bit. They won. They're doing well. Uh, the Kraken are making a playoff push, and uh, and they're looking like a they're putting it together. That Kraken is looking real nice. If, you know, the, this game, they, they didn't have to go into OT. They could have closed it out. They just got to figure out how to close those games out. Uh, but 
they're not getting killed like they were last season and uh, and they're winning some games and they're looking good doing it um it was nice to see in this one uh uh that 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 last uh, ot goal they've been kind of um that's been uh an, an achilles heel for them they they haven't usually been been that great in ot so it's nice to see them start getting some points there uh so go cracking i'm really having fun this season you want some dork outs dork out a bit dork out some yeah do some sure. dorking what are we dorking out about curtis what are, what are you dorking about? uh Mando or or uh, uh um andor andor oh yeah. uh, no spoilers i'm like three episodes behind now uh, okay yeah yeah no i was uh well you know i was a few weeks back i was kind of trashing about how boring i was finding it uh but then the i last remember that it picked up so it's like it's <laughs> i'm loving it again it's uh you know it's uh star wars for people who don't like lightsabers and shit <laughs> um, uh, but what i really wanted to bring up is uh last friday um uh a uh, uh, friend of mine uh, uh, a good friend who um uh his son is from my son's preschool and they've become buddies uh, sort of we did sort of a play date thing where the, i went over to the, his place the kids started playing uh with the other kid's mom and went out to the park and he and i uh watched the um the western um oh fuck is his name uh uh the harder they fall uh-huh on netflix did anybody see this film it's fucking fantastic yeah movie. i think didn't we talk about this last year you might have i and i might have spaced it out because you know i don't watch the netflix uh cheapskate that i am um you know uh but i saw this movie and um it's a great western and it's uh you know it's 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 an all black cast primarily uh and they are all historically real people but this is a fictitious storyline like they never this these events never happened but they they all sort of represent um real wild west um african americans uh who were like gunslingers and uh you know robbers and that sort of and and marshals and all this sort of stuff in fact there was one character in it um played by um god what's the name of the actor leroy delroy delroy mondo who's 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 the guy who was in get shorty and is african-american delroy lindo delroy lindo right so he played a character that was an actual U.S. marshal in Texas, uh, ex-slave, um, who had the highest amount of uh, captured criminals uh, at the time by like a vast majority of them, brought them back alive and sort of stuff like that. And his, his historical character was the basis for the Lone Ranger. Oh, wow. Wow yeah yeah so this there's a lot of there's wow. a lot of historical significance to the the sort of fan fiction that this film kind of is and it's like it's 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 a great combination of like almost like you know sergio leone's spaghetti western and also sort of like the classic 
you know, John Ford movies and the high noon type stuff, but they also blend in like this amazing sort of like, you know, just black hip hop, um, reggae sort of sounds. And uh, the actors, you know, Jonathan Marshall's in it. Um, uh, Idris Elba's in it. Um, uh, uh, the actress that was in the second Deadpool is in it. Um, oh, Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats, yeah. And um, I love her. Yeah, and there's a few. Um, there's a trans character that shows up in it, and this actress is stunning. Who uh, plays the part? Um, also, a historical real character. Um, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. And it's got. And at the end, it's got like yeah, the ending's terrific. It's just. Uh, can't can't speak enough about it it's like one of those films that i've i've watched and i was just like holy shit i can't believe it's taken me this long to watch this oh yeah i'm a cheapskate who doesn't pay for netflix so of course <laughs> i wouldn't watch this film but now like i would watch this film like repeatedly like this this film deserves like repeat viewing i'm uh i'm a sucker for westerns I, yeah i i remember i remember it coming out because i remember the hype around it and it was yeah. one of those movies that i meant to see and uh okay. and it just didn't happen so the fact that it's on netflix i'm in Hard yeah. they you, should. you should i remember uh alana and i dorked out about this one yeah. Uh, a while back. I'm really glad awesome. you got to see it, Curtis. Yeah. Well, you know, it was all, you know, my buddy Brian's, uh, you know, um, urging that, you know, we hang out and watch this sort of thing together. And uh, uh, he hit it on the nail. Like, it was just like, yeah, it's just, I like it. I like, uh, I can pull that in my lair, <laughs> trying new shit. Yeah. I, uh, I started a, a new book. That's what I've been dorking out about. I've been reading, I like fantasy. I've been reading this new fantasy series that I'm deeply in love with. And um, it's just this, this long epic 16 book um, series by a local writer actually. Um, and uh, and she started writing this series in the nineties and just concluded it a few years ago. I just started it. Um, and it's written in like a series of trilogies and uh, and so the first trilogy was the Farseer trilogy, which is what I read. And the second trilogy takes place in like a totally different section of this world with different characters, um, which I was a little disappointed. I was like, oh, I didn't know the second trilogy wasn't going to have like the same characters because I really love those characters. Uh, and as soon as I started it, I fell in love with all these characters. And this one is like a swashbuckling pirate adventure and i'm fucking into it uh so the last trilogy was kind of like this medieval game of thrones kind of thing and this one's like the swashbuckling buckling pirate adventure and uh and it's really fun i'm into it so that's what i've been dorking out about what's what's it called and who was the writer is uh robin hobbs is the writer uh this trilogy so the overall series is realm of the elderlings um, and this trilogy is called uh, The Live Ship Traders. And the first book, which is the one I'm reading, is called Ship of Magic. Um, and, uh, and it's really fun. And I encourage you. She is a fantastic writer. It's a crime that she is not 
as famous as she is. She, and I read fantasy and I didn't really know that much about her. Um, she, she should be having, she should have like, like this series should be an HBO show. Um, the way she can write people and psychology and trauma is better than anything I've read before. Um, it's, it's really, um, in fact, you know, just to like, as an example, um, in this series, uh, she, there is a character who's, uh, a captain of a pirate ship and he's a he's a rogue and a scoundrel um and he has ambitions and you start you know he's kind of a dick but in kind of an entertaining way and um he has these ambitions of kind of becoming king of the pirates right and so and he's a and he's kind of a master manipulator he really lays out his plans and and he's high on himself he's just got good news from an oracle that his plans are going to you know, uh, uh, plan, pay out. And so he really thinks he's going to become like what he's always wanted to be. And, and he's high on his confidence and he's talking to his first mate and, and he's kind of like, you know, what if, uh, you know, somebody were to be the leader of these guys and he's like talking and, and his first mate at the end of the day comes up to him and he's like, I, you know, we're in this because we don't want leaders, you know, we follow captains, but, you know, and he's doing this whole thing. And, uh, and the character, like the blood goes out of his face and he leaves in a huff and, um, and he's like super petty about it. And the entire chapter, he uh, goes further and further and further into like this anger and bitterness and depression and it was so real that I saw myself in it. Like I've had that day, you know what I mean? Where you're on top and somebody reacts against it and it just goes further. You, you just, the voices in your head just keep telling you further and further and further. And you just get more angry, more bitter, more depressed. And I just thought it was fascinating because you don't see that in books and TV and that kind of like real life truth and honesty. Um, and I thought it was really, really fascinating. So uh, if you like fantasy, check those books out. I really like them. Uh, Millie, what are you dorking out about? Well, it's funny because, you know, last week I was like, I'm not dorking out over anything but fantasy football. And yeah, I just, yeah. Nothing's happening. <laughs> In that time, I've watched an entire series. <laughs> Which tells you uh, it was definitely 100% my kind of thing. Um it is called The Bastard Son and the Devil Himself. I haven't wow. heard of that. Um, I hadn't either. I just decided on a whim, like, all right, I'll just try this one. And it's on Netflix. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and um, it's, it, it totally scratched my supernatural itch that I've had. Um, the, the sort of idea behind this one is that there are clans of witches who exist in, you know, kind of in our world. They don't like, you know, they're not real out about it, but the, you know, there are witches and they- um, It's the Democratic Party. <laughs> they, they, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the story centers around, um, I mean, he's, he's 16 for the main part of the story, but basically, you know, the, the birth of this child who is the bastard son of, uh, this super evil witch who is responsible for this massacre. And so he's, you know, raised by 
by his uh, his grandmother along with his his half sister and when you become 17 is when you um you get your powers there's a ceremony and you you truly get your power um prior to that you might you know you might be you may be able to do things but you're not a, like a full witch and um it, there's always been concern over what he would become when he comes into his powers and so you know every like every month this this woman comes and asks him the same questions over and over again you know do you feel violent urges towards other witches can you hear my heartbeat like they're called blood witches so he's from this line of blood witches and the witches that he uh, is living with are are called fairborns um Anyway, I don't want to get too into the weeds, but basically he's coming into his own and, and, and figuring out who he is at the same time that, you know, you start to question exactly who is, who is good and who is bad and, and what does that mean? Um, it's, it's just got a lot going for it. None of these are actors. I actually just looked through IMDb to see if, you know, should I recognize them from anything? And no, I mean, they've had maybe bit parts. They're mostly Brits. Uh, and it, it does take place a lot of it in um, in England, the UK. Uh, it's just really, I really dug it and I just blew through it in a week. So if you like, you like your sort of Harry Potter witchy stories with a grown up edge and some, uh, some nice sexy bits, uh, I definitely recommend The Bastard Son and The Devil Himself. That's a great, that's a great title. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Matt, are you dorking out about anything? Dorking out on a <clears throat> podcast by Rachel Maddow called Ultra. Oh. Um, it is about, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's true history, uh, uh, part about World War II that I never heard about uh, with, with the, the far right in, here in the U.S. Um, Nazi sympathizers, people who thought Hitler was on the right track. Um, not just like not weird fringe groups either like you know uh people with allies in congress uh people oh, using yeah. congress to spread Shocked. propaganda yeah the, yeah these are parts of parts of u.s history i didn't get um from there was my, a senator from high school state of washington who was uh i think he was who was a nazi sympathizer and unknown yeah 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 it it went it was very it, Hitler had an extremely effective propaganda campaign going on over here. But the weird part about listening to this podcast is just all of the language. I keep having to remind myself she's not talking about right now because she it's the, you know, America first party and the Patriot Front and the people who who really, really believe that they are the true Americans. They are the real Americans. And what they really want is fascism. They want a leader. They want a strong man like Hitler to come in and tell everybody what to do and punish their enemies. And uh, it's it's a fascinating series and, and only mildly disturbing. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, I, we're, we're living through that right now too, it seems like. Uh, yeah. yeah. What's old is new again. Um, all right. Hey, that was a lot of fun. So, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, we're taking next week off. Uh, we always, uh, Seahawks get a bye week this, uh, dorks on sports. We got a bye week. Uh, so we'll be back, uh, two weeks from now. Um, if you like this podcast, uh, hit that subscribe button, wherever you're listening to it, that 
it's a plus or a check mark or subscribe or whatever that is. We're on Spotify and Apple and all that good stuff. We're also on YouTube. If you want to see all the pretty faces, we have the video cast there. And you should you should subscribe there too. And uh, shout us out in the comments. And if you can't find us on your podcast of choice, just let us know and we'll get on there. It's easy, I promise. You should check out Curtis's blog, 12thLife.com. It's always got some great stuff in there, especially during the Seahawks season. Once again, my name is Daniel for Curtis, Millie, Matt, the rest of the 12s saying goodbye and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.